Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, Doug, who do you like in the Arizona? <laughs> it's like I pick up my sheet. I'm looking for your stuff. Yeah, that, that's not my rundown. No, that's no, the no. sports rundown. That's later today. Go to the garden rundown. Hey, before we do anything, it's great to be back with Doug Oster. Jessica is nowhere to be found. She's off today. Have She's a good visiting day. family. She's uh, a good auntie. Have a good day. Relax and enjoy yourself wherever you may be. But... Talk to me about this incredible trip. How did I miss this? I thought it was Portugal. Next thing I know, you come back and you go, boy, I'm beat. I just got off the plane. I was in Dublin, Ireland. Yeah, this was a family trip uh, that I took with my brother, actually, to a little place called the Isle of Man. It's an uh, island in the Irish Sea between England, Scotland, and Ireland. And we went to track down our, our relatives. We had heard about the Isle of Man our whole lives growing up and wanted to find you know, where we came from, and we actually did. Uh, through help of the Manx Museum, that's what, if you're from the Isle of Man, you're considered Manx, M-A-N-X, and it was just absolutely wonderful, and I just I wanted to talk a little bit about the gardening there. Oh, man, the climate. One of the most amazing things at a, at a place like that, when you when you go there, uh, is, is to see something like fuchsia growing as a shrub, as an invasive shrub, where we grow it as a, you know, hanging basket and it's something special i was in the pub and the guy was telling me i gotta cut that fuchsia back three feet every year because it was just oh to see fuchsia just growing wild it was it was amazing and all the other uh just just to see everything in bloom when, where we were staying when i would drive in there was a little garden there and they had some kale and cabbage going in the kale is one that i actually know which is kind of funny there's this kale I love. I grow it as an ornamental. It's called red boar, and it grows kind of tree-like as opposed to, you know, a lot of ornamental kales are kind of uh, prostrate and pretty and, and love cold weather. But this one, when I was dry, every time I drove in and out to where we were staying, I was, I was hoping I could see the gardener there uh, because I wanted to talk about the red boar. And you can buy red boar locally here. And as I said, I like to use it as like the thriller in a container uh, when I'm planting cool, cool weather crops. And so I'll put that red boar in the center and then some pansies along the outside as a kind of a thriller spiller. And that will seriously go well into winter. And where they're at in the Isle of Man, uh, that's going to go basically year round. But yeah, it was so exciting to track down your family history. My brother and I were able to find my great, great, great grandfather's headstone with uh, his wife's headstone and two kids were buried there two of his two of his 12 kids were buried there and then uh just by pure luck and and help from the the national archives there we found the farm that that he worked on and it was so special to walk on the same ground that that he had worked uh since he he, he started working there uh, when he was 18 and then worked there until he died in 1904 so so it was cool. A great garden climate, and I just I flew back last night, but I feel good. Um, my body thinks it's about noon, so everything's good. Now I got some things coming up. It's talking about travel, Portugal. I'm going in April. It's almost sold out. This is your last chance. I got about four seats left. 
We're going to see all of Portugal. 13-day trip, end of April, early May. Lots of garden stuff, but also lots of sites in the in the country. Uh, two separate flights out to the Azor Islands, which are often called the Hawaii of Europe. It's just a, a beautiful tropical climate. And we've got a personal guide with us the whole trip. If you're interested in going with me, because I said it's it's almost sold out, you can find out all the information on my Facebook page or at DougOster.com. Or you, if you don't have the internet, you just give me a call at 412-965-3278. That's 412-965-3278. And speaking of Facebook, if you're on Facebook, tomorrow at noon, I'm doing my monthly live fall garden tour on the everybody gardens facebook live um, you will be able to see my garden live at noon tomorrow and you can just through facebook ask me questions uh it's a lot of fun i've been doing it now for three four months uh it's just just absolutely a blast are you wearing your gardening shoes your little clogs of course i'm wearing my little clogs what do you think the you know, flowery my flowery clogs of course i'm wearing so them. you know what i really care the most about this this trip is tell me about the pubs that's that's what i want to know about the Isle of Man is a different place in that there's rarely any crime. Uh, it, the people are super friendly. And when they found out why we were there. They loved you. Everybody gathered around and they told you where to go and what to do and how to find it and things you should see. And they wanted to hear about, uh, you know, again, why we were there. And, and they were just so excited. You know, we had a ball. We had an absolute ball. Good food. You know. Uh, great food, yeah. In fact, uh, the last thing I had in the Island Man was a uh, pickle and cheese sandwich <laughs> in uh, a pub. <laughs> how, was, how was it? It was phenomenal. It kind of tasted like a Big Mac, actually. <laughs> it was great. Well, those are two ingredients. Just a, just a little pub. Now, the beer is like one or two, and you've pretty much had your fill? No, it's not too bad. Really? Not, not too bad. No, it, it's not, not high Guinness? alcohol. Guinness? No, no, no. They have actually Manx beers, you know. They have... Uh, What's it? What? What's it it's taste? good. It's it's not ice cold, but it's it's good. It's like a bitter. It's called a bitter. What's what's the decor like in these pubs? Oh, just old wooden uh, fireplace. You know, is, there, is there like there a forever. bar or table? Yeah, or? both, both. Big, no. small, a little bit of everything. Oh, usually, usually kind of tiny. You know, kind of neat. You know, the last one I was in had like five, six tables overlooked the ocean, and uh, <laughs> you know, we were just we wanted to get. Uh, glasses that have the, there's a there's a isle of man symbol it's these three legs and the b woman at the bar she's like sure here you know a couple bucks a piece sure take them and we're like thank you you know just to remember the place yeah absolutely is, is there any a touch of america in these places like american brands names anything or is it just one mcdonald's on the island really which i refuse to stop at my brother wanted to see the. Got to get a. Well, he thought he thought Big there'd Mac. be. Yeah, he thought there'd be some kind of weird, you know, Manx food there. But I'm like, we're not we're not eating at McDonald's when you're on the Isle of Man. We're going to go to little pubs and little places. And I actually we stayed at a place where I did most of the cooking. I cooked breakfast and dinner most days. So how long were you there? Mm. Five days. Got stuck in Philadelphia overnight. That was awful. Was it? We missed a day. Well, good, man. I'm glad you had a good time. That's one you'll remember. The other thing, I posted some pictures on my Facebook from there, the garden pictures. They oh, had a, it, in, in the... Garden this, pictures? Nothing yeah. Else? Yeah, yeah. They had this uh, giant rowboat uh, at this city we stayed in. It was called Port Aaron, and it was a, it was a planter. It was this beautifully painted, uh, wonderful <laughs> rowboat, and it was filled with flowers. And then one other thing that I, I, I got there... My brother and I walked to the edge of this pier, and this kid was fishing. Mm -hmm. And we saw him. He brought three little fish up, 
at the same time. I was like, wow, that's cool. And he started chit-chatting with us. Again, there's no, like, a kid can be off on his own like it used to be with us in the old days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he hooks into something huge, and I'm shaking a video, and he he could barely get it up over (laughs) the wall, and it's too giant mackerel, and you just... I made a video of it. It's on my Facebook page. And the look on the kid's face, and he just says, I never caught a mackerel that big. Never! <laughs> it, was, it was just the funniest thing just happened to be there. Uh, it was just, it's the what's, cutest what's, thing. What's the accent like? Pretty cool? Yeah, really different. You know, even though it's English, several times I had to, you know, one time a guy told a joke, you know, and we were just like, ha, <laughs> <laughs> But we had no idea what he, oh, I to give is, a like a, is it a thick brogue-like? Yeah, it, it, it's it's completely different all across the island. That's it's neat. not any specific accent. And the uh, one place, the one uh, uh, we were uh, did this long hike up to see this giant uh, tower, you know, up the top of this mountain. It took us, you know, hours. And we got back down to this cafe, and I started ordering. And this woman just says, "Oh, I love your accent." <laughs> <laughs> And I said, oh, I love yours, too. Oh, man. So, what's the last question? Weather. What was the weather like? Uh, you know, 50s, windy. Gray skies, a little rain, maybe. Sunny and wet every day. Nice, man. That's what you expect <laughs> over there. Good stuff. All right, listen, we're going to take a break. But before we do, uh, 10th Caller wins a wonderful $25 gift certificate from Sorgles, 412-922-1020. Doug, I know, wants to talk to you a lot today about well, all sorts of good things. So, get on the phones and fill up those lines at 866-391-1020. So what else on your noodle before we go to the farm? Well, time to plant garlic. You know how I'm really into garlic. Uh, this is the That's time probably to- why you're never sick. I'm <laughs> the one getting colds and this and that, and you're never sick. Maybe the garlic. I actually I wrote a story about because my, the air conditioning went out in my truck, and we had that real hot spell. Uh, <laughs> it was 90 degrees, and I had to drive to Greensburg for a speaking engagement, and I, I for some reason wore a... A long sleeve shirt underneath my normal everybody garden shirt. You show up. Did you bring salad? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, these two women had to sit next to me. Oh. It was like sitting next to a garlic farm. <laughs> but it's time to plant garlic. You start with good garlic, which means get it from the nursery or, or from a local grower. And I've been to the nurseries. They've got garlic. You split it. It's so easy to plant. You split up that head. You put it about three inches down, about six inches apart in real good compost. Put a nice blanket of straw on top, and you're good to go. And I just wrote a story called The Five Harvests of Garlic, and it's at everybodygardens.com because you don't just get the bulb harvest. There's four other harvests. Any callers? Yes, we do have some callers. Let's go to Jerry in Whitehall up first for Doug. Hey, how are you, Jerry? Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Jerry. Why I'm calling is I have hosta that I planted many years ago, and they've gotten so huge, and I'd like to eliminate them. I cut them all down with a saw, ground level. Is there anything I can put on that to to kill that so they won't grow back next spring? Because I don't have, there's at least, I have at least 40 of them in a row, so I don't, I can't dig them out, I'm told. Yes, it would be almost impossible to dig them out. Um how hard was it for you to cut them down? Was it was it a tough tough job with that many hostas? No, I do like six at a time, and I have a like a little hacksaw, and I get down and I just make them, and I go around them and I saw them ground level, and then pick the whole bunch up and put them in my container to dispose of them. Yeah. But it takes time. Is there any way you could 
cover them with something that the light couldn't get to them that would look okay where they're at? I mean, is it a place that people see all the time? Well, yeah, it, it's just a border in my yard, which I have. If I you could somehow, you know, we we call it tarping, find something. You could I just, understand what you're saying. Right, if you put something We want to eliminate it. the sunlight and the... Yeah, they, they would di- they would die out in a season that way. The other thing to do, I, I wish you had one of those uh, string trimmers because if you went after those hostas with that string trimmer every week for you know about two months, you might be able to get rid of them that way. I see. Okay, but the roots are really big because I've dug out. Yeah. And and they're big as a bushel basket, you know the base the base of them, and then when they bloom I and mean, then grow, they are like. 20 inches apart, right. you know, or... You got, any, uh, you got any young gardening friends that want to add plants to the garden that have strong backs? Because I would say to them, free hostas! I and, see, okay. And they'll come dig them out for you. I see, All right. okay. Good luck, Jerry. All right, we want to hear from you. Give us a call, 866-391-1020. So next stop, Portugal. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Like I said, it's almost sold out. And uh, we have a lot of fun on these trips. I've been doing them for a long time uh, with people, and I, I love being with the people, and uh, we see a lot of cool gardens. But I, like I said, it's not all gardens. You know, uh, people usually come as a couple, and one of them is usually a gardener and one isn't. So we see lots of other cool stuff. There's a really historic country, Portugal, and, and I've never seen it, but I'm really looking forward to the. Uh, there's a, this amazing flower show. We're going to see these botanical gardens. Uh, I, I, just, I just I love the travel. You know, and I love taking people around. It's it's a lot of fun. So tell me about how do we keep bulbs safe from critters? Yeah, you know, uh, we talk about this a little bit. It's time to plant bulbs. And, oh, uh, you know, I'm always begging gardeners to plant bulbs. It's it's not instant gratification, of course. But, boy, when you put bulbs in now and then next spring they come up, you know, you you, you always forget how bad winter can be. And no matter how easy they, they can be, they're still awful for gardeners. But when those early bulbs come up, especially for me, I just snow crocus. And I've been working on this one bed. And I, this video that I did uh, last week uh, for uh, Everybody Gardens, you know, again, we filmed in the rain, which was a lot of fun. And uh, I just show how I'm planting the bulbs and how I am soaking the, the crocuses, the snow crocuses, and other bulbs that, that critters like, like tulips, in this stuff called, I use Bobex. It's just, it's a deer repellent. And it really smells. And I've had really great luck. I learned this from Brent Heath. Uh, he runs uh, with his wife, Becky, Brent and Becky's Bulbs in Virginia. And uh, actually, uh, one note, the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden, their next trip is going to be down to see that Brent and Becky's Bulbs. I don't know if it's their next trip, but they have a trip coming up to go down and see Brent and Becky's Bulbs in Virginia next spring when everything's in bloom. And I've seen it when it's in bloom. Again, I'm really into spring bulbs, so I've got <laughs> literally boxes uh, sitting at home that need to be planted, which is one of the jobs I'll do today. But yeah, soaking the crocus and the the tulips in something like Bobex or some kind of other animal repellent will keep them safe, certainly, usually through that first season. You know, I've been lucky that they, uh, the chipmunks are, are my main enemy when it comes to bulbs, and they... They see the crocus, and the crocus come up, and they bloom, and then they stay in the green, and then they, they think that that little bulb down below is a nut, and they'll just dig down there and, and eat it. But uh, by soaking them, it's been really good. And daffodils, 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 uh, uh, nothing eats daffodils. So I use this tool called a bulb auger. 
you know, I the one that I use is I, I've got it at Everybody Gardens, but you can get a ball bogger anywhere. But I love this little a little short one, seven inches long. You work on your knees, you drill a hole, you drop a bulb in, you drill a hole. It makes bulb planting so much easier. You know, it makes it fun. That's why. That's how I'm able to, to add, like seriously, a thousand bulbs a year. Uh, you know, I tell this story a lot, but, uh, you know, I, I'm really into to the family history and where my grandparents are buried. There's uh, It's called Lakeview Cemetery in Cleveland. They have a thing called Daffodil Hill. It was started in the 1940s, and I just was profoundly affected when I saw those flowers on that hill when I would go see the graves. And so I just keep adding daffodils to the landscape in in memory of my grandparents. All right, we'd like to hear from you. Phones are starting to fill up. We've got Sue, Rose, and David. We'll go from Grove City, Scott Township, to Lawrenceville. When we get back with more of Doug Oster and the Organic Gardeners on KDK Radio. All right, what do you say we take the 10th caller right now for that $25 gift certificate from Janoski's Pumpkin Land getting revved up later today. That number is 412-922-1020. You ever wonder how I keep it all straight sometimes? You know, all these different... Ever wonder? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I know. It's, it, there's a lot of, lot of moving I parts. I wonder every day. A lot of moving parts. Here's Rose in Scott Township. Hi, Rose. Hello. Hi, Rose. What's going on? Hi, how are you, Doug? I'm doing good. What's going on? Good. I, I have a question about, what about covering the garden with leaves over the winter? Will that help fertilize it in the spring? Yeah, yeah. Uh, shredded would be best, just mm-hmm. because they won't mat up as much. But sure, that's a great thing. The only thing you'd have to watch is leaves in general are kind of acidic. So we would just want to take a look at the pH every couple of years. But yeah, nice, nice coating of shredded leaves uh, on a bed would be fine. Okay. That's uh, a good right. thing. And, and over the years, that'll rot down into some really what we call leaf mold. But don't worry about the word mold, but it's just a great compost. So uh, I was actually going to talk about that today because uh, when I did come home, I saw leaves everywhere. My worst job is blowing leaves, but try and, uh, try and use those leaves and turn them into compost. Imagine where we were without the leaf blower. You know, I'm supposed to be Mr. Organic Environmentalist, and I got a backpack blower that's, you know, I need a, I need a rechargeable one or something. I, I, I blow so, I have so many leaves. I'll never get, I never get them all done the first part of the season. It's, you know, I'm, I'll do it all winter if I can, and then we're doing them again in the spring. I, I know you can't do it anymore, and I understand why, but I do miss the smell of burning leaves. Yeah. When I was a kid. There, yeah. There was nothing better. All right, David in Lawrence, Pennsylvania. Let's say hello to him. David, how are you? Welcome to KDK Radio. Morning, Doug. Morning. Hey, Doug, I want to thank you again for the auger. I bought one a couple of weeks ago, and my bulbs came from Brett and Becky's. Mm-hmm. I put a, a 65 crocus in my courtyard oh, and 55 da- uh, of their daffodils, and it was so easy. I'm so, so nice I'm so happy you went that way and, and that you can add these bulbs so easily just by this, that bulb auger. It's just a big, giant drill bit. Now, do you have like a rechargeable drill, or do you use a, a corded drill? I have an old angle corded drill, mm-hmm. and it's really nice to hold on to. Nice, nice. And so, what else did you plant besides the crocus? What, the uh, daffodils. They have a uh, a mixed variety. Oh, well, you're going to be. I ordered sa- them in the spring, and uh, you saved a little money so ordering in the spring, right? Yeah. A man, a, a man after my own heart. You must be listening. 
I, I listen to you every week. All right, I appreciate uh, it, and and congratulations on getting those bulbs in the ground. You sh- everybody should be planting bulbs. Let's say hi to Gail. Gail, how you doing? Good morning. morning. Good morning. Doug, I I have two pots of Boston ferns, which more than doubled in size over the summer, and all I did was water them. I've had them hanging by my front door, so they've been protected. What do I do with them over the winter? I'd love to try to get them to winter over. Is that possible? Well, you're going to have to do it inside, and you're going to have to keep them uh, happy inside, which means they they like a lot of humidity. Uh, As long as you can not overwater them, keep them in as a house plant, are they big enough? I mean, are they small enough that you could bring them inside and grow them somewhere by a window, or are they just too big? Yeah, I brought them in Thursday when it was supposed to be a frost. Right. Yeah, you'll be okay. Uh, just just nurse nurse them along during the winter. They're not going to be super happy, but don't worry about it. As long as you can keep them alive, not overwater them, uh, keep the humidity up. So, sometimes there's this thing called a pebble tray where you, you put the plant on top of, and it's just pebbles and then water. The plant isn't absorbing the water, but it's got the humidity around it, uh, especially if you have forced air uh, furnace. It gets awful dry. And just, yeah, limp them along for the winter, and then as soon as it gets nice out and there's not no chance for frost, bring them back out and give them a little water, a little fertilizer, they'll be good to go. Would misting them help? Yep, yep. That, that's what people do okay. with their ferns. They'll mist them, you know, once a week. Thank you so All much. All right, thank you. Good luck with your plants. Here's Gail in Economy Borough for Doug Oster. Hi, Gail. Oh, no, let's go to Sue. Hey, Sue, how you doing? Just fine. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I had a... Poor tomato crop this year. I usually do a hundred quarts, and I only got about fourteen. No, you're not but alone. You're, you're not yeah. alone. Yeah, but yesterday I found three healthy tomato hornworms on my peppers. Holy cow! They are hungry, huh? I've, yeah, I've never seen that. Yeah, you know, I've never seen I, I've yeah. never seen them on peppers either. But I guess it kind of makes sense, you know. They were inside some nice peppers, eating them. And what did you do? So their history. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess when it rains, when it rains, but I started in the spring from seeds, mm-hmm. and they're about twelve inches high in six inch pots. And how do I preserve them over the winter? Do uh, I just bury the pots and all say in the again, garden? What, what kind of plants are they? Asparagus. Okay, so asparagus should be planted in the ground. It's, it's a perennial vegetable. And, right, but and, I'm afraid I'm going to lose them. No, I, I thought think, I should grow them a little longer. No, I think you'd be better off actually to, uh, you know, prepare a bed and, and with something okay. like asparagus, we really want to put a lot of... A lot of compost and organic matter in there because that asparagus is going to live in there for 50 years. Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, get them planted, get them mulched real good with straw, and they'll they'll they should catch on. They're pretty tough, and then you don't okay. harvest them in the spring until they get a little bit right. thicker. You you know usually we're waiting two or three years depending on the size of the roots. Uh, but that's pretty exciting though. I think to start them from seed and and what what made you do that? Well. I couldn't find asparagus roots anywhere, and I saw some seed, so that's the way I went. Well, that's exciting. Never, never. I har- have a few already, plant, larger ones mm-hmm. planted. Yeah. Never harvest anything smaller than a pencil. That's that's the rule. And good luck. All right, we'll come back and wrap up the hour with Doug. Stay with us. 
Time for Mrs. Know-It-All. It's Denise Schreiber, our horticulturalist, gardener, and garden goddess. Denise, how are you this morning? Uh, good. So talking about bulbs, well, that's something I'm going to be planting today. Uh, now that we've had some rain and the ground is actually moist enough to dig, um, don't mind me, I've got a little bit of a frog in my throat. He tickles. And so I like to grow Veritaflora tulips. And I do kind of, I do random planting, so there's some daffodils around them. But for people that don't know what a veritiflora is, they have streaks through them of different colors, mainly green. So you can have a white one with streaks of green through it. You can have a yellow one with streaks of green through it. I just like the way they look. You know, they look great. And you've got, you've got deer, so where do you plant them that you, to keep the deer off them? You know, actually, I plant them in my front yard, you know, and I do have deer wander through there. Um, I do spray them when they're coming up, though, with, mm-hmm. you know, a deer repellent um, just to enhance my chances of getting them through. And I've actually had pretty good luck. I plant some in my back, but because there's more trees back there, it's a little harder to dig with the tree roots. But speaking of Daffodil Hill, I was actually inspired by Daffodil Hill. I've seen pictures of it over the years. So when I was working out at South Park, so for anybody that comes in from the Route 88 uh, entrance onto Corrigan Drive, as soon as you come into the park, look to the hillside. There's two hillsides on the left-hand side, and we've planted, oh, I want to say about six or 7,000 uh, daffodils up there with the help of the Girl Scouts. So we actually have our own daffodil hill going. Nice. For the tulips that you're planting, how perennial are they for you, or or do you treat them as annuals? I don't treat them as annuals, but tulips in general don't have a long lifespan. So after four or five years, they're pretty much done. Um, If they've done well and they're very happy, you can dig them up and divide them and replant them. So, you know, you can get a longer lifespan. They are not as long-lived as daffodils. Well, you and I are going to be planting bulbs today. That's going to be a good job. Everybody should be doing it, right? All right. Thank you, Mrs. Know-It-All. I'm glad that she's planting bulbs. Are you going to plant bulbs now? Oh, yes, I am. I can't wait. I grow this. this, I've got this combination. It's a happy accident that happened. uh, I discovered this one. We talk about it all the time. It's called Pushkinia, and the deer don't like it. It's uh, just beautiful, creamy white flowers with blue stripes, and then... Glorious Snow, there's a, a special one that I like that I get from Brent, Brent and Becky's called uh, Violet Beauty. And those two things, I planted them last year, and they came up, and I didn't realize they were going to come up at the same time. And those two things, that purple with that kind of creamy white all going together, it's just amazing. Hmm. All right, listen, you and I here in the final couple of minutes. I know the season is over, but you guys are all always- over. No, it's not over. Pla- you're always planning ahead. So what can you be working Trees, on? Trees, shrubs, perennials, bulbs, and garlic. Uh, these are all things that can be planted now. But the garden is done, right? No, it's not done. But what's still in the garden? Most of us didn't get a frost yet. Okay. And so peppers are still there. Tomatoes are still there. I mean, I wait until the frost takes the stuff, and then I'll take it out of the garden, you know. Jessica taught us all that for your perennial gardens, uh, we don't cut anything back. Leave it all up. Let those good bugs do their thing in there. But in the vegetable garden and where your annuals are, once the frost takes them, 
get them out of there, get them into the compost. As long as they weren't diseased, uh, they'll be fine in there. And then, you know, improve the soil with compost for the next year. I like to mulch my beds also to keep that good soil there. You can lose a quarter of an inch over the winter due to wind erosion. And so uh, it's too early for me to, to put the garden to bed. But I understand why people would. They don't want to be out there when it's cold. They don't want to, uh, you know, the... the foliage uh, the vines and everything it gets all mushy and stuff when it gets cold but i i just like to keep it out going for as long as possible and i have not seen my garden in eight days now so i am anxious when i get home to see what's doing in there to see what there's tomatoes there i had i've got had the best year for peppers i've got some pepper i don't know what happened but I've got pepper plants that when I left were just filled with peppers. They're all turning red. This one that I love called Roulette. It's a habanero pepper, only it's sweet. So when it comes to cleaning all of this stuff and, you know, preparing it to be eaten, do you really have to put a lot of elbow grease into it? Well, for something like potatoes and carrots and beets, and uh, I, I just had a video uh, about horseradish, and uh, I was using this special... Uh, glove that my wife got it was awesome that uh, cleans off all that dirt like horseradish you know it's kind of crinkly and bumpy and it's you're pulling it out it's a root so you want to get as much of the dirt off as as possible you do need a little bit of that vitamin b that the dirt will give you but uh, i wouldn't say elbow grease but you got to get that stuff off it before you eat it that's just that's just part of it so you you still cook with this stuff you'll be cooking with this stuff Uh, as long as i can does it make it to Thanksgiving, some of this stuff? Oh, yeah. You know, depending on what what's the one thing with the tomatoes is what I'll do is once it gets cold, I'll pull all the tomatoes off. I'll put them in a bag with an apple, and that apple pr- produces ethylene gas and slowly ripens ripens those tomatoes. Once they've, they, they've made a, just a little bit of a change from that bright green to just kind of a, a different color green, they've made the change, and they will, in the right conditions, ripen up and yeah you could have a tomato at the thanksgiving dinner and of course if that happens you got to brag about it and say these are from the garden and everybody said how could it possibly be from the garden and you say well i've got a green thumb that's why how's come you've never jarred or have you can i just don't know much about canning mrs know-it-all knows all about canning jessica knows all about canning we eat everything fresh we don't have anything left over. So you it's know? out of the garden. You're always asking, like, oh, how come you're not bringing me any tomatoes? I'm because, beyond that. I get it. Because okay. we're eating every tomato. I mean, nothing goes to waste. You know, if if I've got tomatoes, I'm making sauce that night. I'm I'm I could eat seriously ten tomatoes in a day. You've done it, I'm sure. Maybe more. Well, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. So what about you? With final minute, what's coming up? You're going to be anywhere? What are you going to be doing? Well. Tomorrow, I do this Facebook Live thing. Uh, if you go to the Everybody Gardens Facebook page tomorrow around noon, you can see my, I'm going to do my fall garden tour, look through the garden. We'll be looking at it together. And then you can also ask me your questions just through Facebook. And we go, we do 20 minutes, 30 minutes, depending if people want to ask questions and just show what's going on in the garden. You know, you're going to find out when I find out because uh, I haven't seen it. And, uh, so you're gonna wait to, to you're gonna take a peek today, but you're not really gonna mess. Nah, with it. I'll be working in there today, getting it looking good. Yeah. I don't want it to look. Uh, hey, honey, would you look, look at Doug Oster's garden? Yeah. Well, you know goodness. what? My garden is a disaster, and I think but some that's people your claim I think, to fame, right? Though. I think some people like that that it's not pristine. I mean, I am lazy. Jessica will tell you I'm lazy when it comes oh. to the garden, but I just, I just, 
I have the ability not to to see the bad in the garden. You see good in everything. I, no, just not you. Not but, good. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting. I for see that. good in the in the in the garden. I see the good stuff. I don't I I don't see the weeds. I don't see what's what's bad. I just love the good parts. Go. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden and a safer place to live. I'm you glad. Got I got, I'm glad I got you to Dublin. All right, we'll take a break. Stay with us. More to come next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 